Hey there, and welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast, serving up stories and knowledge on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. This is what's hot in Dynamics. You're now joining Merlin Schweiger, Liz McGlennon, and Ashley Steiner. So you guys don't know what chit-chat is? Is that not a Midwestern term? I mean, I'm aware of chit-chat, but again, it comes out of the topic of the chit-chat. Like, is chit-chat the small talk, like, I don't really know you, but I want to, like, talk about weather? Or is chit-chat, like, like, I feel like you could have different topics of chit-chat. Okay, so, like, small talk, then, is a Midwestern term. Yeah. Because, like, I'm not from Wisconsin originally. Like, I moved in. So you would do small talk at the grocery store, then. Yes, I would call that small talk. Like it's a Piggly Wiggly. Yes. If I had a Piggly Wiggly, that's what What's I'd a Piggly do. Wiggly? <laughs> you guys don't have Piggly Wigglies in Minnesota? No. So that's only a Wisconsin thing. Yes. It's just like the time machine. Oh, like an ATM. Exactly. Oh, I love okay. it. Liz is like, Liz, that makes stuff. no sense to me. <laughs> I mean, growing, growing up, they were everywhere. It was uh, time is money. That's their thing. Yeah, it's still, oh, so it's still true. It's a brand of time or a brand of an ATM. Yeah, yes. and it's not spelled like time though. It's it's got a Y. T Y M E. Like the plant. No, not no H. Oh, okay. It's just time, but with a so everybody says they're going to the time machine. Right. But they're really going to an ATM. So the rest of the country must be like, where did Wisconsin get time travel technology? But they come out with money. I have spent a lot of time in Wisconsin and I've never heard that. So that's, that's new. That surprises me. Clearly you've never tried to get any money. And you're not talking to the right people. Apparently. Apparently. So should we talk about our topic? Probably should. Yeah. Should probably get into it. All right. Fine. Um, who wants to start? Fine, I'll start. <laughs> Our topic today, uh, how would someone get into the dynamic space? And I'll say, I know we're saying dynamics a lot. I just want to make sure to be clear that when I say dynamics. I also mean power platform. I don't want to say that all the time, but I want it to be implied. Uh, so how would somebody get into the dynamic space? And I guess each of us sort of had our own journeys. I don't know if we want to talk about our journeys. Uh, so maybe, uh, Ashley, how did you get into dynamics? Yeah, so I think it's very different now than it was like back when we probably got into it. Cause, or I don't know, I guess, I don't know if it's different. Um, I was a marketing person. Um, I got a marketing degree and I started at a company as a marketing um, intern in college. And I focused on digital stuff and um, like data entry and then just also digital. And um, so I did a lot of data entry into Dynamics, got used to Dynamics that way. And then when I started on at that company full time, my role was digital. Like I took over all the social media, uh, websites, um, everything like that. And my boss at the time said, hey, you log into Dynamics on a website. So we're going to consider that digital marketing. <laughs> Literally, that was those were her words. Um, okay. Blitz and I actually worked at the same company. Eventually, we were bought out by the same company, so she'll laugh because she knows exactly who my boss was, so she could totally see her saying that. Um, 
So yeah, so it was just kind of like the fate of how things worked. Um, I worked with the sales and marketing teams and that's how I kind of got into Dynamics um, and uh, decided that I liked it a lot more than marketing and kind of just took off from there and decided to do it full time rather than splitting my role between Dynamics and uh, marketing. So what about you? How did you get into it? Yeah, really similar, actually. So like I, it seems like we have similar stories where it's just kind of was an accidental thing. Like it was part of our job and then we decided to make it our full-time career. So uh, I started at a local tech company um, as a sales coordinator. So supporting the sales and marketing teams, which ultimately ended up as the same team that Ashley is talking about. Um, but my degree was in HR. And I couldn't find an entry-level HR role because it was 2010 and the economy was crap. And so I took the sales coordinator role and we had Dynamics for free because they were a partner, but no one was using it. So I kind of just self-taught how to configure and like training the sales team. And it ended up being, like I said, a career, Um, but I had no idea what it was. I had no idea that you could be in a tech career without coding. Um, So very accidental, definitely. Merlin, how about you? Well, my timeline was a little bit earlier, but that's because I'm a little bit older than either of you. Um, but I actually started out doing like IT managed services and like I spent a bunch of time in my car driving around between customer sites with like keyboards and monitors and stuff in my trunk so that I could swap out broken devices. And somewhere in there, my boss had found somebody who was using CRM 1.2, uh, and they needed to do some work on it. And he was like, Hey, I don't have anybody else here. You figure this out. Um, and that was my first exposure to, uh, dynamics. It was, it was a real pile of junk back then. Um, but that also means that I got to sort of like see it evolve. It's like watching your child grow up. Like when 3.0 came out and suddenly you could build new entities. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then 4.0 came out. I was like, wow, I don't have to log into the server to build a workflow anymore. And then 2011 came out and I was like, oh, the whole world has changed. And I don't know, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been quite the journey, but I've always been on the consultant side. So I've always been kind of from that perspective of helping other people implement it instead of implementing it for myself. And I think that's funny because like you say it was a, pile of junk like back when it was 1.0 and like I remember starting at 4.0 so like a couple versions later and I thought it was a pile of junk then so I just think it's really funny the perspective of like where we started um compared to where it is now and like you thought 4.0 was like better than where you started and I thought that was a pile of junk so it's just funny to hear that you don't know how good you had it why I had to walk uphill both ways in 10 feet of snow to school. <laughs> oh, I was so excited for 2011. I still can like list off all the new features because I remember how excited we were and we were on-prem and the upgrades were super painful. Um, and I remember working on that upgrade project with a partner and it was a big deal to get to 2011. Yeah, I remember taking that certification and like sitting in a broom closet to like learn how to customize 2011 because that's when you could do all those customizations and do dashboards and all of that. And I they like put me in a broom closet for a week and we're like, go learn this because now we're gonna do it all in house. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so 2011 was a big deal. It sure was. Um, however, 
as much fun as reminiscing about the past is. <laughs> if someone were getting into the space today, uh, as you said, Ashley, the landscape is certainly very different and is, I think, a broader field perhaps than it was back then. Like back then, yes, you could learn how to do everything probably sitting in a room closet for a week. I feel like that'd be a challenge now. I don't think you can learn everything now, period, and be an That's expert in the whole power platform. I think there's just too much there. Yeah, you definitely have to have a focus area. I will argue, I think it has changed from that perspective, but I, I do think it's similar that it's a relatively unknown space and a career path that's super unfamiliar with people not in tech or like not in like the serum world. Like my Salesforce friends get it, but like if you just talk to a random person, they, they have really no idea like what we do or what it is. And I'll find myself talking to a lot of computer science or computer um, business see more people, you know, that like the computer science uh, type of a role, um, like that are in college, you know, like I'll find them, you know, at, you know, churches or organizations or through volunteering or things like that. And, you know, just saying, hey, what kind of career are you looking for? And they never know that there's this other side of, you know, dynamics. And, and it just doesn't have to be like dynamics 365, right? There's like the power platform and there's um, development or there's, you know, all the other dynamics products out there, not just the CRM world that we're all used to, um, you know, they have no idea that this exists, right? And that you can do a lot of this without coding. Um, I'm not a coder, Liz. I know that you are not a developer either, right? So, you know, we can do all of this without a development or without any sort of programming, um, and, but you can still have a huge impact in the tech, uh, tech world. Um, so it's it's kind of a unique, like you said, a unique position where people don't know that this is out there. I never would have thought that I would say I work in technology, um, but it's a pretty cool space. Same. Yeah, I had no idea this was an option in college. I majored in computer science, so I was one of those people that you're meeting now. Um, but I actively avoided development. Like I did not want to become a developer. And I realized that I also didn't want to just be field service support because that's not that much fun after a while either. Um, so yes, I agree. This is a, a great industry to be in. Um, so let's imagine that you were just starting out today. Ashley, where would you start? What would, what would you do? Who would you reach out to if you were like, I don't know anything about this dynamics thing, but I think I want to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, if I was in you know, in college, right? Or if I was just starting out my career and I and I knew that I wanted to get more involved in like the business tech world, like kind of be a liaison, right? That's kind of where I see um, the world of the Dynamics Professionals Power Platform. It's kind of in the middle because you have to understand business practice and process um, as well as understand technology and be able to speak that language. Um, I would start by understanding what kind of role or position that I would want to be in. Do you want to be a developer? Do you want to go and understand programming? Um, or do you want to um, consult and be that kind of expert and, you know, work with people? Um, you know, you almost have to job shadow, right? Like you'd have to talk to people that are in those positions and um, understand where you want to fit in in your position. Um, or like I have most of my career has been on the end user side. Um, I've almost always been an administrator. Um, I did try a little bit of a consulting 
and I love being an admin. I love working on the end user. I love working with salespeople. It's probably not a lot of that, not something a lot of people say, but I actually love working with salespeople. I think they're very fascinating. Um, and then really taking that sales process and implementing it into the system. So I think that trying to find out which aspect of the, um, like where you would want to fit in and what like really gets your personality, I think is a good place to start because there's so many avenues that you can go down. Yeah, I think if you're brand new to the space, like you really just need to network and make connections with people that are in the industry to learn about those different roles and the different companies, because there's just such a wide variety of options, whether it's an internal role, it's consulting, it's an ISV, it's Microsoft. Um, if for people that don't know, ISVs are like the add-ons that you buy or you get for free um, for the product. Um, but yeah, just not knowing, you know, those different options, I think you just really need to connect with people. Um, there's a lot of, of people in the community that are willing to help, willing to mentor, willing to talk to you, like feel free to reach out to any of us, but just also I'd say like, make sure you have a LinkedIn profile and that you set that up and just start networking with people and having conversations. True. I would also point out um, the user groups and forums in general. So Microsoft has a whole series of forums that are specific to their different dynamics products. Uh, plus there's the, the local user groups that you can join and network with people there. Um, I feel like the forum conversations tend to be pretty active. It's not like, not like these forums are just sitting around and nobody's chatting in them. Um, and I've like, even just as a, as a casual reader of the forums, like even before I got that involved in them, um, there were always people asking questions, usually like questions that I was interested in knowing and other people answering those questions. And after a while you sort of start to get a feel for who keeps answering the questions that I'm interested in. And then from there, you could start to follow those people or look to see what else they're producing or maybe they have a blog or maybe they have a podcast or maybe they have something else and sort of uh, like learn at the knee of the wise sensei. Follow them on Twitter. <laughs> I was just going to say that social is huge in this space. Um, that was one of the first things that I started to get involved in is like going and finding those people that I wanted to get connected with and following them on Twitter because Twitter is a huge part of the people that are active in this world are in the dynamics world. Um, they're very active on there. So if they have a blog, if they have a podcast, um, they're going to be out there on Twitter um, and they'll follow you back. I've noticed. So if you go follow them, they're going to follow you back. So make sure that you're active, you're reaching out to them, you send them a message on LinkedIn. Um, I found that even like partners, if I want to work with them, I get a much quicker response if I go find them on LinkedIn and connect with them and send them a message then sometimes if I fill out like the form on the website um, because they they want to work with you. They want to, your, to answer your questions. They want, um, you know, and people are willing to do it. I've never worked in like, or I've never met like a group of people who are so supportive and want everybody to succeed. So if you have a question for somebody in this space, they're gonna answer it. It's it's kind of crazy. And so- People are really helpful. Yeah. like. Everyone really does want to help each other out and they're very helpful and welcoming, definitely. And the, yeah, like the Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups are pretty active. Like there's a lot out there that you could, you could join and start participating in. Actually kind of fascinating to think about, like how did Microsoft manage to get this community to be so helpful or was it not Microsoft at all? And it was just that the community by itself spontaneously decided to be more helpful. Like I, I feel like an, 
I feel like in other industries, right? Like, would you have to like pay somebody money to get your questions answered? I just don't feel like that's the case in the dynamic space. I will say the Salesforce user group is just as helpful. Um, but I wonder if like the MVP program that Microsoft has like helped encourage people to be, you know, more willing to help initially. Well, I mean, we found that too when we wanted to start this podcast. I mean, we reached out to several people and asked questions and a huge thank you to all of them. If you guys are listening, hopefully you are. Like, I mean, even just something about that, you guys have your own podcast, but we reached out and asked you guys questions. I mean, because we're starting something new, I would say in this space. Um, so it's not just even getting starting out in this space, it's starting maybe something new within the space. Um, knowing who to reach out to and how to do it. Um, you know, we did that and we had a huge, you know, a huge response from people and um, they helped us answer questions and it, it was a great response. So we can say, we can all say with confidence that these people will respond and they will help you because they did it for us. Definitely. That's true. Should we maybe talk about like how you learn, start learning the technology? Probably. You mean other than just have it thrown at you and figure it out? <laughs> well, yeah, like assuming that you don't have a job where they're paying you to figure it out and learn it on the job. Like if you're either new to the professional world or you want to switch careers, like how do you start like self-learning maybe to get some certs or, you know, to beef up your resume to maybe get that first related CRM Dynamics Power Platform job? Do yeah. you have any ideas, Liz? <laughs> Fine, I'll start. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of things. I think uh, when we started, it was more like books. <laughs> I remember the big books like the Serum Bible and stuff. But these days, like Microsoft Learn has really like improved their online free learning content. And so I would recommend that people start at Microsoft Learn. And you can kind of build um, like a, a path so you can say like, I want to be a functional consultant or I want to be a developer or an architect or whatever and build out that um, path with their courses. And that is a great place to start learning and prepping if you're going to try to take and pass a certification. Um, my other, I guess, word of advice for a new person is get a trial org or just pay for an org. I don't think you can learn the system by like reading stuff and looking at screenshots. Like I think you absolutely have to get hands-on um, before you really figure anything out. Yeah, absolutely. I actually still think I have some of those books um, somewhere <laughs> in a box. I, they've made all the cross-country moves that I've made um, in the last like seven years. Um, I still have like that 2011 book, it's blue. I sh I'm sure I still have it somewhere. Um, yeah, I would definitely say getting the certifications is probably the easiest, I don't want to say the easiest, but like the quickest way to really do like a knowledge dump, right, on just what's important, what's in there, because it's going to force you to study the material, um, but it also is going to teach you like, and I hate to say it this way, but like the Microsoft way of doing things. Sometimes when you get into the tool, you're going to find that there's a way that we, uh, as experienced people in the tool, like find that there's a way to do things. Um, so just be like really cautious and like as you get into doing things in the tool, just understand that like as you start to play around with it, if that stuff doesn't always pan out the, the, the way that you actually like practical ap application, I guess I would say. Um, I've always found like training um, with partners is helpful. So if you do have a partner, 
Um, I've gotten training, you know, one on one or even like in a group setting with my partner um, because they know the environment that I'm working with. So they know that if, if I have customizations or if I'm working more in an XRM type environment, they would just know what I'm working with. Um, so if you are lucky enough to be getting this type of training when you already are in a position, that is um, really helpful. But yeah, the trials will save everything because they will always have the most up-to-date technology in there as well. So um, that's so when I was learning Power Automate or still learning Power Automate, we'll get to that in a later podcast. So come back for that one. That one's going to be fun. Um, I Trials, I spin up a trial probably every 30 days to practice the expressions and things like that. So that's a, an ongoing helpful tip as well. Yeah, there's a lot of like training you can pay for through partners. Or you can build it into your contract. So we have something just built in. So it just depends on what you do with your partner. Yep. And if your partner doesn't offer you any training or any guidance, then you should probably find a new partner. We've got a podcast episode coming up about that too. Episode three, I think. Yeah. I think those are all uh, great. I feel like the hands-on component is probably, at least for me as a learner, I feel like I learn best hands-on as opposed to reading through materials. And I've often found, at least historically, when taking like the Microsoft certification tests, if you spend a lot of time in the tool, it's sort of obvious that the the people writing the test don't spend that much time in the tool. Like they're just reading the documentation and then creating questions off of it. So I feel like it's not always like I wouldn't use a certification test as a gauge to whether or not you know and understand the applications. Um, but I do agree they're a good like going through the prep for the test is a good way to get sort of like that baseline information and then you know practice. So I'm going to say that if you're brand new to the space, though, and you don't have any prior experience, like if you're trying to get that first that first job where Dynamics Power Platforms are full time focus, that getting the certification is a, just a way to show that you have a baseline level of knowledge. It's true. Uh, and and that you can pick up the. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, Liz, I was going to say that you can pick up the terminology and kind of pick up the relationships and structure of the system. I would say that's a great way show it yeah Yeah, i'm gonna do a few shameless plugs um so if you're in college i know some colleges have dynamics courses um stout used to i'm not sure if they still offer those but i also know that minnesota state moorhead does because i teach a few of them so there are some universities and colleges that offer courses on the topic and then I'm also going to throw out there that if you are part of a minority group, that there's a power platform school in the US and the UK that offers two months of free training on the technical and soft skills to get into the field. And I think that that's a great call out, Liz, just in general. Like, so even if those, you know, if you don't live in the Midwest or um, you wouldn't be able to join the, the group uh, that you mentioned, like look in your area, you know, something else might be able to like a local college uh, or university might have classes um, that you just might not know about um, that you could get into. Um, I, I think that things exist out there that, I mean, these, those definitely were not available when we were in college. So. No, definitely not. No, it's true. And I think the, specifically the dynamics kind of CRM space over the last 10 years has seen such dramatic growth um, that 
Microsoft has also been getting involved in trying to push more content into schools, whether they're colleges or I feel like maybe even some high schools. Where Microsoft is trying to like get younger people up to speed on their technology so that they're there are more consultants or more developers or more, you know, whatever to support that software as they sell more and more of it. Cause there are only so much of us, so many of us old timers around, um, and you know, more businesses using it mean they need more people to help. Yeah, there is, there's like a special, um, department at Microsoft that partners with education. So like when I need my, instances for my course like i have a special email and they provide like the orgs and the logins and all that so there's definitely a team at microsoft that's focusing on that absolutely it's really cool i actually had no idea i wonder if like universities know that and if they can like i don't think enough of them yeah enough of them do um i will say too like it might not be in the IT program at your university. Like I know the courses I teach are actually part of the business school and the project management degree. So don't just look at the IT like classes, like look at the general business classes because it might not be part of the IT program. And I think that that's what a lot of people maybe don't realize about like the dynamics world in general is that it's not always considered an IT position. Um, like you can, like I come from a marketing background, Liz, you have a degree in HR, you know, we're business minded people um, coming into this space. And I think that that really helps us understand like how business people are going to use a system. And so, um, it, you know, don't be scared off if you're not a technical person. I mean, people always are, you know, say to me, oh, you know, dynamics, you can help me with your outlook. And I'm like, sure, let me Google that for you. Cause I know nothing about outlook, right? I'm not a, an IT person. Um, but I can I can use the Google, right? Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things where it's um, you know, don't be scared off by that. If you like to use common sense and be able to apply a situation, you know, from one piece to another, like that's really all you need for dynamics, um, you know, across the entire power power platform. Um, it's just about, you know, applying principles and processes. It's it's actually kind of fun. True. That's a good call out right there. Don't forget, Google probably knows the answer to any question that you have. <laughs> I know some software programs, like there's not a lot of information on, on Google, but with Dynamics and Power Platform, there absolutely is. And so, yeah, always Google it. And it might be hard to get the terminology down at first, and that might be an issue, but just keep trying and keep learning and, and Google will be your best friend with learning it. Or Microsoft will change the terminology on you. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. It does. I feel like maybe I, we should do an episode on that, just all the different terms over the years. Yeah, like how it's changed on us several times. Mm -hmm. I think um, something that is probably forgotten a little bit maybe in 2020, especially seeing as how we're doing this virtually, um, is maybe events is like another way that you can get, kind of get connected with people. Um, a lot of things have gone virtual, um, obviously, um, in this kind of well, you know, COVID world that we're in. Um, but I, I would definitely still take it, you know, what, what is nice about the events is that a lot of them are free. So there's a lot of free virtual content now available. Um, so definitely take advantage of what is available out there. Um, and it, you know, and it's available, you know, online, live, or even just published. So, you know, where you had to travel maybe to something before you can now access it online. So. 
Actually, do you have any advantage. do you have any specific ideas of free virtual events? Yeah, so well, Microsoft has their um, Microsoft Business Apps um, Summit um, that is in the summer, I believe, that was in July this year. So they um, condensed that into just one day, and it was completely free um, for everybody who wanted to attend. And I actually did was able to attend because it was online. Um, and they had great sessions and then you even with that uh, session or with that um, with that uh, event, you were able to do one on one sessions with the people who built the products, which I thought was really cool. So if you were interested in like the sales or the marketing app or power apps, you could actually get on a, a team's call with the people that built the tool and ask them very specific questions like, you know, about the roadmap or, hey, this isn't working or I'd like it to do this or that kind of thing. It was actually really cool. I took advantage of that definitely and asked a lot of questions. Um, DynamicsCon is another event that I would definitely recommend for people. Um, they're expanding it from two to three days in 2021, uh, completely free. Um, and I hear they're expanding the time zones for that. So I would definitely recommend DynamicsCon as well. I know there's a lot out there. Um, do you guys have any others that come to mind immediately? I can't think of any of the other I feel like you've hit on the big virtual events. Obviously, I would say that it's hard to beat the networking that you can do at an actual physical event, but I think everybody who's run virtual events or most of the virtual events this year have done a pretty good job of making a good shift and still keeping good content available. I'm sure we'll get back to in-person events eventually. <laughs> I hope so. And when I we do-, do miss the I miss so, the networking part, the social yeah. networking aspect. I know. Then the three of us could have a booth. We could just answer questions or just chit chat. Chit chat. Small talk. Right? Small talk. Merlin, you're going to be at your company's booth. Perhaps. I we'll don't see. think you can be at a podcast booth. <laughs> we'll get a booth next door. And then okay. Switch back. You float between. <laughs> I think you guys are just trying to get me to sing that Piggly Wiggly song again. I mean, that's probably true. Right. I was actually thinking <laughs> we might actually need to be wrapping this episode up. Wait, so. before you sing, Ashley, I have one more resource I want to highlight. Um, I haven't personally used it, but I've had it recommended, and it's 365.training slash courses, and I guess there's a bunch of free online training there as well, and it's good. Right. So, Ashley, sing away. Not, not singing. <laughs> I think we'll have to save that one for the future. Like if we get so many views or something, Ashley will sing on a podcast. Sounds excellent. Specifically the Piggly Wiggly song. <laughs> Sounds good. It'll it'll make a record. Sounds great. All right. Any parting thoughts? Anybody? Any big plans for the weekend? Anyone? Nah. Baking Christmas cookies with my mom. I'm going to see Christmas lights before I head out for Phoenix for the holidays. Fun. Are you just going to randomly drive around or do you have a specific place you're going to? Yeah, we're going out to Waukesha. Nice. Cool. Well, in that case, thanks guys. We'll chat next time. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast. For additional content and previous episodes, check out our website at dynamicshotdish.com Follow us on Twitter at Dynamics Hot Dish and subscribe to our podcast for notifications. Thanks. See you next time.